wait, shit, fuck. <laughs> what if that was just the intro? Just, wait, shit, fuck. <laughs> Welcome to the Ralda Podcast with Will and Everett. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. Dude, I want to play... I gotta play something. So I was listening to this new Snoop, Snoop Dogg album today. And I, I heard this thing that made me think of like an app. We won't use this. But as a funny outro. Yeah. Um, or maybe an intro or something. So, but when this guy starts kind of talking shit, he says something about like, fuck bitches, stack riches. Wait, wait. I ran that back and I was like, what did he just say? If we just had like a, a mashup of like all just like that would be cool. Hip hop hip hop artists like talking about like hustling or making money or like yeah. doing whatever they want. I'd have to get some E40 in there. Oh yeah. You could have so many different ways that you could there'd be so many different ways that you could like mix it up too, like um, be pretty interesting. I feel like there's a couple really good like E40 interludes where he's just talking business. No, I'm sure. I mean, he has like that's what's crazy about like E40 and like so many of like these rappers. Like, he's got like 25 albums, dude. Well, not only that, but like the not only the music they produce, but all the other things that they do, like, like, he has, like, wine and beer. Like, who the fuck would have, like, known that, like, E-40 makes that stuff? Like, I never yeah. would have made sense. And then, like, all, like, these other artists have, like, different dude ways of m- different income streams, whether it's, like, apparel. Um, Everybody's got a liquor now. Yeah. Like, all those rappers do. And it all, like, seems to do, like, decently well. Dude, Diddy... And Jay-Z make, like, a billion dollars a year. On Ciroc? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Jay-Z has so much shit. Rock Nation Sports? Yeah. Like, he's gonna, he's, I mean, he's already, like, a mogul, but, like, and someone's gonna buy a title at some point. They're gonna have to. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, speaking of E-40 and his wine... In his one of his albums from like nineteen ninety four called The Element of Surprise, he's on a song with Tupac and they're just like talking shit back and forth and he's talking he's already talking about getting out of his like nine to five day job and he's like, Fuck that, one day I wanna work on a winery and like No way. He's fucking selling a shit ton of wine now. Have the vision. I'd be working on a winery. Uh, he's like somewhere out there in Napa Valley with all them white people. He like says something <laughs> funny like that. <laughs> Scaring the white people away. That's hilarious. That was on the song? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like I think it's the end of the song, and they kind of yeah. just start talking shit. He has so many songs where he just starts 
and you can tell it's not scripted because it yeah. doesn't even he's sound just, perfect. He he's like going. he fucks up and yeah. Like part of me, I was thinking about this today because I was listening to. Um, Are you recording right now? Fuck yeah. Okay, good. I was listening to the the latest Big Sean album, um, and there's like, or no, sorry, it was it was Rick Ross and it was um. Latest Rick Ross album and um, yeah, you love that album. I, need I, know, I don't know why I do. I just I just really like it. Um, and Chris Rock is on there talking about like Lord 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 is my witness, and and I'm just like fuck like dude this kind of shit gets annoying. But like the first time it's funny, but then like so it's like how do they balance? Like are the listeners gonna want to listen to that every single time they want to hear the song and like right. listen to it for 45 seconds or do they? I was thinking about that with Kendrick Lamar's new album. There's, like, weird spots in there where it's like, I don't... You you hear it once because it's a concept. You're like, this is a good album. But then as far as, like, repetitive listening, I don't really want to hear some of those interludes. But but on the flip side, every once in a while, Nick comes over, or I'm at his place, and we start slapping some E-40, and some of those interludes where he's talking shit are, like, the best, and you know it's coming. Yeah. So what was kind of disappointing about his show is that he didn't play, like, any of those classic slaps that, like, you know his true fans were wanting to hear. Yeah. He's got a song, another song with Tupac from, I don't even remember the name of that album. He's got so many classic albums. But it's called Practice Looking Hard. And it's talking about like the way they dress and how they lean on their cars stunt, and what kind of car they drive. Yeah, stunt one hundred and one. In the video, him and Tupac and like all the people in their squad are holding these mirrors. And the part of the what? the chorus is like, "I got a mirror in my pocket and I practice looking hard." <laughs> and they're holding mirrors, going, "Oh yeah, yeah," <laughs> like looking at themselves. <laughs> it's the corniest thing. But then you look back and you're like, E forty was hustling with Tupac back in like the early nineties. That's so funny. Lean years of themselves. I got a mirror in my pocket and I practice looking hard. Oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I always, like, I always think, like, I've so I've heard, like, because obviously I'm in, like, EDM and, like, I love DJs and stuff like that, but obviously people always make the comparison, oh, like, they go up there and just, like, just press play. But, like, I've heard, like, multiple, like, DJs talk about how they're, like, yeah, I could, like, I miss out on, like, friends' birthdays, like, family stuff all the time. Like, I could be doing all this other stuff. But then, like, they're like, do you, like, miss that stuff? I'm like, yeah, but would I would I rather be on main stage playing in front of, like, 50,000 people? Like, fuck yeah. Like, that yeah. is, like, what really gets me going in life. Like, that is, like, the ultimate thing. Like, I can't imagine being anywhere else if I had to be. And taking that back to, like, when I've seen, like, like, one of the worst performances I ever saw was Snoop Dogg at Pemberton, which, by the way, got shut down, went bankrupt I saw this that. year. And then the year before that was ASAP Rocky, just fucking awful. Rocky was horrible? At Coachella. Like, so bad. Huh. Like, it was just like, dude, like, no energy, like, didn't care to be there. It's like... And then, like, for you, saying, like, E-40, like, he didn't even play, like, any of his old songs, like, you'd think that, like... It's, like, such, like, a weird balance of like do they care to play like their stuff for their fans or are they after just going through the motions because they got booked and yeah they were available i would imagine a lot of people are disappointed with that e40 show and it's what happened is exactly what nick and i were talking about 
right when we were sitting out there before the show, I was like, dude, are you concerned that he's going to play what he thinks the general public knows of him? Like, what they want to... And he was like, no, man. The general public's not buying you 40 tickets on a Tuesday night. It's people that want to hear practice looking hard. Yeah, exactly. want to go. And uh, sure enough, all he did was play all of those. So, to your point, I was thinking, like, if he would have polled his customers or his fans and asked, what do you want to hear? He would know exactly what to play, and it would have been amazing. Yeah. And he probably would have been shocked. It's like, I don't really care to hear him do... His verse on buy you a drink with yeah. tea fucking pain. Yeah. Like, I don't care. No one, yeah. Sure, do that song, I guess, but I don't need a bunch of that. It's also, like, so I saw T, I saw T-Pain at Summer Jam, like, 07 or 08, when, like, the game was there, Little Wayne, like, like, it was a pretty stacked lineup. And this is the first time I'd ever seen, like, a, a hook singer in person, whatever you want to call him, guy who, like, just does a lot of hooks, and... T-Pain literally would just go sing a hook go to the next song sing a hook I'm just like this isn't like even enjoyable because like yeah. you're just like rapping or like singing for like 20 seconds maybe 30 and then moving on to something else like so much of music is like getting into the rhythm of something and like a right. whole overall flow and it's like if you're just like cut caught cut stop and then go yeah, again it's like really lame. it's like you're just like what the fuck's going on All right, I wonder if this is a good... I think there's... I think E-40 says some funny things in this little... E-40 always says funny shit. It is I, C-S-P. It is I, C-S-P. In Northern California. Shit. West Coast star stopping the food type delivery speed. Typhoon talking pilot. E-motherfucker. Tony O-C. Tony O-C. Tony O-C. Good listening. Good listening. Beginning shit. Intermission. What a truck talking bitch blocking. Yes, indeed. Crosswalk stop and bumper calls and Noah's bleeds. Also designed for ditching and shaking the one-time Coco Penelope. Young street soldiers from the Lord Development Housing. Trying to get niggerish by taking full advantage of this new skill and making D-game. We call rap. Understanding my system is to have party. Have money. Have street. That's a good little piece right there. Have hustle. So if you ain't got your hurricane ever, you best go fetch an ASAP. And here go the rest of it. And here go the rest of it. Muffin, muffin, party dark. McCarty light. He's just like talking. Grenadine, pineapple juice, and an empty container of arrowhead block. Dude, this was released in 95, this album. That's crazy. Passing the shit out of his trunk. Wait. I think half of what makes him so funny is his voice, is just in his delivery. It's like what's I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about, but I love it. Chop suey in the bushes. 
Dude, the score is ridiculous. 61 to 24. Yeah, yell at the refs, dude. It's their fault. This is 66 to 29. That is just. The NBA playoffs have just been a joke this year. Finals are going to be lit, though. Yeah. I hope both teams just go in fully healthy. I'm sick of this, like, first year the Cavs played Warriors. Um, Kevin Love was out. Kyrie was kind of hurt. Um, second year, Iguodala was hurt, and Draymond Green got suspended. Um, Fuck Draymond, dude. And then, um, and Bogut got got injured, and, like, each of those series completely swung one way or the other right. when one of their players got hurt. Like, it completely swung Golden State's way when Kevin Love and Kyrie went out, and it completely swung the other way as soon as Bogut got hurt. Green Green got suspended, and... Andre Iguodala, Andre Iguodala got hurt as well. Um, it was just not the same. It's like, fuck, give me a, give me a, give me a two thousand nine Lakers. No, give me a two thousand ten Lake Lakers Celtics series. Yeah, I've been seeing all those clips of uh, Kobe and Paul Pierce like going at it yeah. in the paint. Um, Ron Artest. Metal World Peace hitting the game hitting hitting game winners, well, not like buzzer beaters, but like fifteen seconds left or something like that. Yeah, I was so fucking nervous that game. I'm a huge Lakers fan, and I was so fucking nervous that I literally couldn't watch. I was literally like in another room, just like <laughs> doing nothing, and like I came back and watched like the last like eight minutes of the game. I think I watched the first half, didn't watch any of the third quarter because I was so nervous. And I have this theory of, like, if I watch, my team will do bad. But if I don't watch, my team will do better. It's just fucking, like, sports are just... That's a horrible theory. Sports are just, yeah, I know. So I, I should never watch my favorite teams. Uh, so much superstition in sports, though. And, dude, that was crazy. Watching the last eight minutes. and I just remember seeing the ball go to Ron Artest. And I was like, no. And then he put it up and it just was Drano. And I was like... I was just going gorillas, and I was just so <laughs> pumped up. Uh, I still think our test is an OG for going in the stands. Like, yeah. I would imagine that until the end of time, fans will think twice about what they do and say because of that moment. Seriously. There, there's no checks and balances before that. Now it's like, well, fuck. This dude what might this fucking clog me, dude. <laughs> fuck. This guy's kidding? like eight inches taller than me. Got like 75 more pounds of muscle and like gonna punch me like a fucking cannon. Also, high key, there is a 0% chance that, that I'm throwing my $11 beer at anyone. Because yeah. that shit's so expensive. Seriously. Oh my god. Maybe stuff was different in Detroit in the early 2000s. Who I guess knows? if you're sitting that close to the players, you don't care too much yeah. about a $10 beer. Um, Seriously, though, like, I mean, those people say some pretty... I mean, I know they're professionals and they should be able to handle it, but, like, some of that stuff they say is just... Dude. Just really not okay from, like, a like a human well, human perspective. It's like... I, I understand, like, and I've, I used to love trash talking, like fucking used to love when I was growing up and then like you get into somewhat organized sports and you're like looked down on if you do that you're like you're not allowed you're pretty much just not allowed to yeah 
So there's definitely a difference between, like, trash-talking and, like, attacking someone, I think. It's a fine line. Yeah. Like, whatever set off Zinedine Zidane to headbutt, what's-his-face is, like... I heard it was something about his mother or sister. Yeah. And that... I wanted to cry, seriously, when he... When that happened. Because he, dude, is such a boss. Yeah, he... He is... I've watched the same the biggest highlight compila- compilations on YouTube like so many times just because it's like, it's a, what's a good word for it? It's like so fluid the way that he played. Just real smooth. Real smooth, never forced anything, could keep the ball, but never really kept it too much and was like two steps ahead. Like he would pass to people. Who didn't know. They didn't know they, they were, were open. open. It's like yeah. LeBron James. As much yeah. as I hate LeBron James, like. Gotta respect his game because he just he just sees things before it happens. That was a pretty sick headbutt, though. Yeah, dude. He knew what he was doing when he hit that guy in the chest. I could see him being like a fucking jujitsu black belt, like sidebar. For some reason, I always uh, like this makes no sense at all. But like, it always like his like bald fucking head was like always reminding me of that guy on Snatch with the fucking. With a desert eagle, and he's talking about, like, I'm going to, I got this motherfucking desert eagle, and I'm going to fucking blow your, like, it's, like, the, <laughs> one of the, my favorite, like, two-minute-long quotes of, like, just this dude talking about how he's a desert eagle, and he's going to fucking blow people's heads off. You should look it up. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I love when Joe Rogan, like, plays little clips, but then they have their quick conversation about, will we get sued if we play this? <laughs> uh, I want to, before I go back to this other point. Um, Zinedine Zidane kind of reminds me of Jason Statham. Yeah, that, that I think that's kind of like yeah, that's, that, that's what I'm thinking about. Because this guy's a total badass. Yeah, and I think it's sorry. This guy's name is I think is Bullet Tooth Tony, if I remember correct, obviously, correctly. Obviously, that's a cool name. But what's a cooler name? Zinedine Zidane. <laughs> if you have a name with two Z's, Z's, it's like you're a fucking boss. Let's see if see if I can find it. Come pick us up. And Doug. Sharpish. Oh, yeah, this is it. This is so good. He's just in this fucking bar. Three people with masks on are pointing a gun at him, and he's just got a beer. Sits down in a chair. And he's just, like, not scared at fucking all. Don't fuss. And I don't want to put a bullet in your face, but unless you give me exactly what I want, there will be fucking murders.
It's not a pussy here. Just a dose that'll make you wish you were born a woman. Like a prick. You're having second thoughts. You're shrinking. And your two little balls are shrinking with you. <laughs> and the fact that you've got replica written down the side of your gun. <laughs> and the fact that I've got Desert Eagle. Point five up. Written on the side of mine. Should precipitate your balls into shrinking along with your presence. Now. Fuck off. <laughs> Um, is that a Guy Ritchie film? This is a Guy Ritchie film. That's yeah. seriously one of my favorite fucking movies of all time. That though. is fantastic. It, I should watch that. It is so soon. good. Um, I saw King Arthur on Wednesday night. Oh, yeah? Um, with some of the volleyball folks. It was a pretty good movie. I didn't even realize. I, I totally forgot that it was Guy Ritchie. As soon as the movie starts and it says, like, casting by Guy Ritchie and like all this stuff, then I got super pumped up. Yeah. It was pretty good. I um, never, uh, I never listened to, it's him and Joe Rogan. I never finished that podcast. I only listened to the first, like, 15 minutes and then dude, I, something came up and I couldn't listen to it. you got to, man. I know. We talked about this. I know, I know, I know. <sighs> the I bow tie and the wearing the suit. No, I, so that much, was hilarious. So many levels. The pocket square was, um, was amazing. Pocket square. Once you once you put the pocket square, you own the suit. It's not like your mother put it on you. You you own the. He's not calling it. Is he calling it a suit of armor instead of like a work uniform? Something like that. A suit of armor, something like that. He says something about how like essentially like you put it on and you're just a bitch. Cause whoever made it like you're walking in with like no style like, you you. You bought the suit and it has no flavor, but like as soon as you put on a pocket square, it tells a lot about you. Yeah. Do you have a crisp white little square pocket square? Do you have a bunch of colors? How do you fold it? Um, however you do that it says a lot about yourself, and that's goes towards like first impressions, which goes a long way depending on what you're trying to portray yeah. yourself as and brand yourself as. Which is uh, it, it's interesting how like a little little piece of fabric can do yeah. so much, and it all of the these observations that he sort of verbalized, re, sort of gave you an insight into why he's a good director, because he cares about like weird details. Yeah, and I was noticing that in the movie, I like I was pay I was looking for stuff like yeah what you know things that nobody would think of but. I really liked how he kept saying that things have been stolen from us due to like marketing. Like, for instance, the suit at one point was like you cherished an opportunity to wear a suit or the privilege to be able to afford a suit. And so when you wore it, you felt like, hey, I'm in a suit. But now, especially in America, the American worker has to wear a suit because they work at a bank or whatever. And so for a lot of people, that's why they look that way. Oh, I have to put on a suit mm-hmm. rather than I get to wear a suit. Yeah. Um, fucking Guy 
Richie. Wish I had an accent. I know. Well, you like uh, you like testing him out as much as you do. So, <laughs> did um, you watch all my stories last night? Fuck no, I didn't. Oh my Shit. god, dude, you got to get on there, just... dude. It's bark at the park night. I'm wiling out. <laughs> oh my, it was bark at the park night, dude. I've always wanted to take JJ to bark in the park. I wonder. My toy, my toy poodle. Hold on, I don't want you to watch. He's it. a god. I don't want you to watch it because this might sound funny on the thing. I just got a snap from Evan. At the end of the game, they let everybody walk their dogs out on the field. No way. How much madness was happening with the dogs? Just wait, dude. I was flummoxed by the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Off leash. Who let their dog off the leash? What's going on? Bring your barkers through. We out here, Pacific Northwest, they love the infield. Shit all over the place. Catch a couple of grounders. <laughs> Shit all over the place. Just when he thought it was over. We puffing around, Mike. Act like you know. Oh, yeah, we out here. Where are the canines, the purebred. Where are the purebred? To the actual man is guy. Ain't no nothing. Except it's hypoallergenic. <laughs> you can tell I'm smack. Yeah. The last video is super funny though. At least I think so. I don't think it's this one. We reckon it's time to get out of here. Bring I saw I saw this one. I didn't know what was going on. People they keep pouring in. Look at him. I wish I was shitting ya, but they keep coming out of right center. <laughs> no, you gotta listen. <laughs> Mites, I wish I was shitting ya, but they keep coming out of right center. How many golden retrievers can there be? Yes. Hey, Casey was concerned. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I wish I was shitting ya. Oh, dude, I was having a blast. <sighs> How many golden retrievers can there be? Oh my! Anyway, God. I've been trying to make sure I don't forget to make this point <clears throat> about Andre Iguodala, and we might have talked about this before. But do you know that one of the reasons he came to Golden State before they were really a powerhouse yeah. was for the investment opportunities and to be in Silicon Valley. No, I did not know that. Um, I think I might. You think you might have said it in passing, but like never. Like we didn't have like a. I think real conversation about it. It's not Tim Ferriss. Oh, I think he's on an A sixteen Z podcast. Really? Yes, and he's talking about some of the investments he's made. And I mean, dude, the the Warriors are owned by a bunch of hedge fund managers, yeah, right? Totally, yeah. And he was ta- They were talking about how. Artificial intelligence and big data and machine learning are having an impact on sports. And um, the Warriors use a lot of 
a lot of data points. And what it was funny what Andre was saying. He's like, we were working with this company, and they provide all these data points. The hard part is where are the to, data points? Like what? Like, like I'll, I'll I'll give you the example that he used. He goes, what's hard is that they give us all of this information. The hard part is massaging it into usable. That's what I was thinking. Actionable things. The the one example that he used was there's a stark increase. No, sorry, that's not the right word. Um, I'm going to butcher the numbers. I should look this up because it's super interesting. It's something like um, if they have under 300 passes per game, they're a 500 team. Really? If they have over 370 passes a game, they're like 90% winning. So that's like really interesting because Steph Curry had a quote that said, I'm sure he said this quote before in other ways, but it was in like late March. And he's talking about how, yeah, everyone wins. It's like, it's just something just like the basics of good teamwork. Like when everyone touches the ball, when everyone feels involved, when everyone feels empowered, whether this is sports, business, family, relationships, anything, the whole, the end, the finished product is going to be better. Yeah. And it goes back to like, the more you pass, the more everyone feels involved. It doesn't matter if you shoot or not, but if you at least have the ball in their hands, you're still making a decision. Yeah. Which empowers you. And so that makes total sense. If it's 370 and up, like that's a lot of passing. That, I, I, throwing that out, I want to say it was in the twos. It was like 230 passes versus 200. 70 passes or something like that but it's just an example of how they're using that data that's really interesting actually and it was a huge increase in wins or decrease depending on how you look at it is that it yeah, who's he it. with who's the host uh, it'll say at the top jo- there. Jeff Jordan uh, oh. it doesn't say right there with Jeff Jordan yeah Jeff Jordan. I wonder what who he is each of those guys has like a focus like, they'll have a security guy. It was actually really funny. I'm not going to mention any names here because someday a million people are going to listen to this podcast. But Millions. One of my clients was talking about how they met with all of the big name investors in mm-hmm. the Valley. Mm-hmm. And very few of them could really prove that they could add value. They just want to throw their money at you. Oh, sure. We'll give you $10 million and we want... These are the investors? Yeah. And these guys, a Seattle client that you know, I work with very Mm -hmm. closely. Yeah. They're super pumped to go meet with the who's who of venture capital. And they send their security, fuck. They send their guy, who's the general partner that focuses on the vertical that they're in. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to talk about that vertical, and the guy literally knows nothing. He just was. Really? Yeah. And I think part of it... And I think, like, do you think that has an effect at all on why, like, a decent amount of startups fail? Do you think it's because of that or because, like, they're... Because they're not getting investments from companies that can add value and help guide them or because their products and services, blah, 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 aren't just that innovative or adoptable? I think business is just really hard. That's why most... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Most most startups fail. I think it could go the other way. I think you could point to more startups 
to that very specific point of the value of the investor, I bet you could point to startups that would say, or to several, where they would go, we were doing well, but we're doing exponentially better because we met this one guy from A16Z who made some suggestions that accelerated our business versus a bunch of people that are like, we failed because our venture capitalists sucked. Yeah, I don't think they really expect too much. And even this company, they finally found a, a firm that they thought would be good out of Utah and they they haven't provided a ton of help. They're they're they've laid it on heavy to start because they want you to think that you've made a good transaction. Mm-hmm. But then over time it's like you don't really hear from them unless you need something. Isn't that what um I'm gonna mess this up. Isn't that like with the Google one or why con why Combinator, mm-hmm. no, I think that's an incubator. Incubator, yeah. That's so, so they're growing. Yeah, yeah. That's different. They're not just investing money. Yeah, they're kind of working to. Should make me another one too. We get lit on this podcast. We get lit, folks. Um. Crack one with you, mates. I reckon I should use less ginger beer. <laughs> We're a multinational out here. Um, yeah, it's 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 really interesting how. I mean, I don't have really too much insight into this, but it's really interesting just how companies select investors. Do you, cause there's got to be some who just like I just need money. I don't care who gives it to me. I think well. For those guys... But I think there's probably others who have more cash where they can be more sh- picky and strategic and or the ones who have more self-awareness and are like, hey, we need outside direction. Did you listen to the latest Masters of Scale podcast? No, I'm behind my podcast game. Reed Hoffman, his guidance is raise as much capital as you can and raise more than you think you need because you have uh, unexpected costs that arise. Yeah. But when you do that, the more equity and control you give away. True. He had on Brian Chesky, who's the CEO of Airbnb, he said raise as little as you need and give away equity grudgingly. Like, you don't want to give it away. Because the more, like... And once you give... Give it away to somebody who's a billionaire ten times over. They know that hey, they can maybe pressure you into getting more equity as you grow and become more successful. Um, so they they didn't they didn't argue, but they they definitely had uh, opposite ideas on raising money. But um, from your perspective and what you've like worked on with some of your like prospects and clients and stuff, what do you see? the trend from, from those people from the inside. They don't... I'm sure they probably don't disco- disclose that a lot with you, but I don't so, know if you have any insight into that. From my perspective, it's like they're only raising money for two reasons. The first one is they need the money to stay alive. They're not making enough money as a company. Yeah. They're not turning a profit, but they have a product. There's some adoption. They need it just to keep the lights on. Yeah. 
that's a different fundraise when you go out and maybe you're a little bit more desperate because you just need to keep the lights on. Yeah. The other side of the house is you want the money to accelerate growth. Okay, we're making money. Maybe we're making a million dollars a month. As far as running a company, hiring new people, getting a new bigger office, opening a new office in a different country, you need a lot more capital. And so these guys in Seattle, that's where they are. They're like, we don't need money. We don't, we never want to IPO. Most IPOs are because they need so much more money. Yeah. To keep Snapchat, they need that money to keep their business running. Yeah. You know? Um, so for the guys in, in Seattle, it was like, Hey, the investment gives us a bit of a platform to do more of what we're already doing rather than we have to, we have to raise money, but they didn't want, they didn't want to, and they didn't feel like they needed to, but to get to the next step, like it's kind of like putting the cart before the horse. It's like, if you want to compete with the big dogs, you got to have a little bit of dough. Yeah. It's really hard to just start out of a garage and tell some company, especially if you're selling technology to enterprises, Hey, buy my software. We're pretty sure we'll be around in three years when, you know, that's another thing. Yeah. Getting an enterprise to buy in on that. Um, they're in it for the long haul because obviously they're, they've already made it. So they want stuff that's going to be secure. I mean, I, I heard, um, when, when we were at Dell EMC World, uh, this guy was talking to me about EMC, and he was like, yeah, Disney's, he, this, actually, the cab driver, the cab driver who, t- who, who drove me there, he was like, yeah, I, 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 I came to Vegas, this guy's most strategic cab driver you've ever, you've ever met, he's like, I moved to Vegas specifically because I knew tech conferences had all these people who were big wigs, high executives, who have these super they just know how to do strategy know how to do all these things I know how to execute and so I decided I'm going to be a cab driver and I'm going to work my ass off during these conferences hoping to pick up some high level execs and essentially pick their brain apart for 20 minutes and he was telling me about how like some really big wig at at, uh, at Disney actually um, said yeah we've used EMC for 15 years we have not had one downtime once. Nothing, not one single failure. And this is this is this is through maybe the great, a, maybe an outage. They haven't had an outage that caused yeah, downtime. Yeah, so, have, yeah, zero yeah. failures is impossible. But well, yeah, okay. This this is what yeah I mean, and he was like that is what Woo. makes it work. So going back to that, it's enterprises at that that high level with that much stuff on the line need something that's not going to go away in three years right. I mean, it's, it's very obvious but um, it's, it's it's still interesting um, yeah, I do, that, that is a that is a good point that's um, who was I talking about talking to um, goat cab driver by the way goat goat you should have got his name you could have had him on the podcast that guy's out there having podcasts every day in his cab. No, you know what that guy was trying to sell me on? He was trying to sell me on he was going to make the first screen, the first laptop and phone screen protector, so pri- privacy protector, so when you look at 
when someone like tries to look at your phone from over your shoulder, they're not going to see anything. It's only going to be visible to when you're looking at it. And I'm like, I'm just like in my head, I'm like, I'm not trying to burst your bubble, but like that's just been on the market for like at least like two or three years. How? From my perspective. Yeah, I don't know how that's. But I wasn't, I just, you know, I'm going to just tell him to keep, keep, keep grinding. Because maybe he may, maybe he'll make the best one. Who knows? Maybe he'll make the best one. Maybe he's speaking from experience. He has all of his customers are uh, trying to peep his text from the front seat in the cab. He's yeah. tired of it. Start a business out of necessity. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny. I was like, Ooh. this guy is the most Vegas guy ever, but cash, water, water. Ooh, oh, the Kevin Garnett. We're watching the Celtics-Cavs game, by the way. What's the score, know. though? Is it even a game? Yeah, I wouldn't call this a game. I'd call this a JV versus uh, varsity right now. C-Squad. Woohoo, that's a strong drink. I topped it off with a little bit of tequila on the top. Oh, so I mean, it's probably the more tequila, the better. Yeah. Are you planning on driving home tonight? You know what I was thinking, actually? Because my parents <laughs> live like 10 minutes away. <laughs> I was thinking about driving to my parents' house. It's fucking... It's May... What is it? It's May 19th, which is National Bike to Work Day. That's why, dude, hell of people rode their bike to work today at Redapt. And uh, Wait, I who, was thinking about... Who did at Redapt besides Ernie and a Jake? A bunch of, like, engineers. Shout out, shout out Jake and Ernie. Uh, a bunch of, like, engineers who, like, I, like, didn't even know their name. Because they came on so new, and they were just like... I'm riding my bike. Okay. Um, but so you're gonna I was thinking about driving to my parents' house, parking my car, and riding my bike down here. Why is your bike at your parents' house? Because I have zero storage, and I'm moving in like oh, 10 days. Right. Where are you moving? I don't know. Do you know? What about that spot next door, across the street? Santa's building. Uh, so it was on the bottom floor, um, and it was listed as a one-bedroom, and it was... Uh, it was definitely a studio. I walked in, literally, the guy opened the door for me, and I was like, is this a studio? And the guy was like, well, <laughs> quote unquote, well, I consider it a studio. And I was like, yeah, so there's there's no other room besides this in the bathroom. And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. This, is, uh, this isn't going to work for me. And I just bounced. I was like, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was uh, kind of sucked. Seattle market, man. Seattle market is shitty. You know what would be a more interesting show than like House Hunters is going around apartment. with twenty sites to apartments, yeah, dude. Twenty year old, twenty to thirty year olds looking for apartments, or like a in like San Francisco, Seattle, like New York. Three or four college dudes that are trying to rent a house somewhere. Like I, I went to a few when I was like in college with my buddies, and these houses would be absolutely trashed, like shit, everywhere. And I'm like, you're trying to rent this to people? Yeah. And you don't even clean it up. Yeah. Presentation. It's, I just remember like, um, putting on, uh, you put on like the. Oh my gosh. You put on the biggest Are like. You kidding me? Thank God he clanked it. I know. Um. They don't even care. They're just fucking no. throwing the ball up. Sorry. Yeah. Um, every time we, we, me and my two friends, shout out to Mikey and Evan, shout out to Mikey and Evan, uh, we go to her place because we were looking for three bedroom spots and people would just be like, 
where you just put on the biggest front of like how, no, we don't really party. Oh, we yeah. like just, we, we're really, we go to the library. like, <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a lie. Yeah. I mean, I do go to the library. Shout out to King County Library System too. I rent books on the reg, books on tape. Speaking of that, we should definitely have a segment uh, at some point when this gets a little bit more uh, organized of uh, books we're reading now. Absolutely. Because I think that shit is <clears throat> fascinating. I honestly like find myself wishing I had more time. I know they say make time for the things that you value in life, but like, I don't know. well, I just wish I, I wish I could read all the time. But like, I find myself getting when I'm reading, I'm like, I want to be doing other things. It's well, like, because you're reading a genre that inspires you to want to go do yeah something. That's a good point. Uh, what about audiobooks? You do some in the car. I do listen to a lot of, a decent amount of audiobooks. I haven't been listened to any recently because I've been trying to catch up on podcasts. Um, I mean, shout out to my girl Esther. She's out there listening to The Magic of Thinking Big. And it's got me thinking, I would probably read a lot more books. But like, do you retain information the same? Um, I think you retain information better when you read versus audio. So... I've Can I try to anticipate what you're going to say right now? Let me let's see. I don't think you're going to get it. Oh. But I'm interested. <laughs> this game is stupid. This looks like a YMCA Literally, all-star game. YMCA <laughs> all-star game and I mean what is going on? <laughs> this is the worst basketball I've ever seen. And it's what? fucking Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals. Is on the court. Um anyways, when I read at home, I read with my little notebook, and when I see something sick, I write it down. Write it down, yeah. And I, you could do the same thing with an audiobook. But a lot of times I listen to an audiobook, I'm in the car. That's still, 90%. You still write it down. You could pause it and speak it into your phone. Yeah, I could. Speaking of that, shout out to Nick Sutherland, who loves to do speech-to-text with other people in the room and it's like so <laughs> weird like it's, it's like, saving uh, a lot of time he's like this is kind of strange but what I was going to say which you guessed wrong on is the double whammy is you listen to an audiobook and then you read it and then you retain the information really well which <laughs> but you already don't have enough time to read what you want to read I'm just now saying, you're reading if the you same wanna, book if you, if you want to retain the information that's like what they that's what that's what I've I've uh, read and heard is that... Because you read and heard that from <laughs> another book. <laughs> You're catching on. Um, we out here. Uh, oh. Out here full throttle. Um, yeah. That's what they say. You think we should open the window so they can hear the water? Or would that be weird? I mean... I almost think it'd be kind of dope. Are you trying to be meditation gods right now? All When I meditate, it's right there. Do you right there? I, sometimes I sit on that couch. Sometimes I sit on the floor, right in front of that couch. Do you have blind? Do you do blinds open? Blinds, blinds down. Open. Open. Door open. Door, yeah, door open for sure. You got to hear the wind and the. So, so I live in the city, live in a uh, Capitol Hill, Seattle, and shout out, shout out, and there's I hear. It's funny. I I was meditating this morning. Which app do you use? I use Headspace. My free trial ran out. Cheap ass as I am. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying out calm right now. Um, how's that calming along? It's, oh shit. Can we edit that? Can we edit that out? 
no, we gotta we gotta keep it in. Gotta know how cheesy you are. <laughs> um, it's good. I like Headspace more because I think I started with Headspace, and it's kind of to the point where like I'll get into like you get get into get into get into like my seated position where my hands are in my lap, and his voice will come on. I can't even remember what his name is, but like it's like instant relax, instant yeah. relaxation. Where it's like, oh, I'm just like in a relaxed place now. Like his voice, like just like starts that, which is kind of weird. He has a good voice. No, yeah, he has a great voice. What's his um, accent? I want to say it's Australian. It's subtle. You reckon? I, I, I reckon. Throw another shrimp on the body. Shout out to Australia trying to move there in a year, year and a half. Shout um, out to Jenna for being supportive. Supportive girlfriends. Um, anyways, going back to meditation and the setting that you're in, um, in Capitol Hill, it's it's funny. Like I'll they, so they, they you start off with you take a couple deep breaths with your eyes open, and then after so many breaths, you close your eyes and you exhale at the same time, and then you start to feel your body. Like so, the this is literally how it goes. Like. So think about like you, the sensation of your feet on the floor, your hands in the lap, um, blah, 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 blah. Like, and then what's the weirdest thing about it is like you start to notice things after doing it for two or three months that you're like, I never felt that in my life. Like never, ever, have I ever felt like when my hands are my laps, I have never felt like my arm touching my other, my, like my chest, like in like the, the armpit area, like. That yeah. is a sensation that I have never even contemplated yeah. even knowing about. Um, and so then you, you go through all these like sensations in your body that you feel. And then you go to the sounds. And you, you hear every sound. And, and in the city, it's my fan's usually on. So I hear my fan. I usually hear an airplane every 10 to 15 seconds. I hear a car. I usually hear people walking and talking. Um all these different sounds and um, I wonder always if being in I mean it's probably no brainer but being in a place where there's not city sounds like ocean, water, wind that you hear would be more would get you into a meditative state quicker I would just say that it's probably different I like even, like, when it's windy here, I find I have to, like, close the door or, like, close it somewhat because then all, then all I'm thinking about is, like, the waves crashing. Yeah. And I'm not focusing on what I'm actually trying to do. Yeah. And I think that's all shout-out relative. Because <laughs> if you're at your place and, say, a siren goes by, it's going to drown out everything else I totally you're thinking about that. a siren. Yeah. But what it, it is really dope when it's not it's windy enough to where you hear the water hitting the sand and rocks, but you hear some birds and a little bit of wind. The cars are a background. You don't hear anything yeah. else. It's it really is great for meditating. So Everett Everett lives in downtown Kirkland, not downtown Kirkland, more Houghton Beach of Kirkland, which is where I actually grew up. Essentially, spent a lot of my summers time. Shout out to the Kangs. Shout out to the L Dub Kangs. Greg George G Squared. Where oh, we at? Oh man, where you at? Um, Shout man. out to Lauren, uh, his wife. Going. Shout outs for days, and um, anyways, we're on like what is this, the third floor? 
Third floor. Third floor. Top, top, floor. top floor. Top floor. All the way up. And uh, we can see all of half of Lake Washington right now. You can hear the waves crashing against crashing against the shore. You can see this these pine trees out here just bristling in the wind. A couple of Douglas firs. It's pretty uh pretty pretty meditative state, I'd say. It's the of, vibe of the for places sure. you could you could have. But um I guess like how has like meditating improved your life? Like it's... do you have a specific examples? I can think of one. I can think of something. If you give you can me a few re- minutes. But what I... If you need to like rename names, you, you do that too. Rename names? Oh. Know, you never know. Protect people's Initially identity. what I think of... Our fans. And when I sort of evangelize meditating to people, the first thing I think of is that it slows me down. I'm not so quick to... Respond. To respond or to to take up some emotion as a response to something happening. I find myself more so thinking bigger picture and going, okay, what is the situation? What's the most beneficial way for me to respond rather than just responding? Just like instant, 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 yeah. And that's something, I think that's the whole point. Everybody in their life just is responding immediately Something happens, oh, I'm mad now because that happened. They're yeah. not thinking, do I have to be mad? Yeah. I do have a choice here. Yeah. I have a choice not to be mad. Or I have a choice to be happy or to be content with the situation, even though maybe something could be better. And I think that's huge. It helps in my job. I'm in sales where I do have to react to situations. Things are always changing, and you have to figure out, sick pass. Uh, um helps in relationships I think I, don't, I, I can't even think of names to name but like I think I used has there, to has there been a time with a customer where a customer has called you and you just been like what the fuck yeah and you're just like you want to respond with like like not like a defensive answer maybe but like some sort of answer but like it's given you half a second longer to for your all your fucking neurons to work faster and come back with a more poised answer has that do you, I think, have you noticed that i think 100 percent. i think i've learned something from mark williams shout out to the god the cloud god yeah the cloud also god. a meditator um no not a meditator but a yoga man yogi yogi, yogi. anyway i noticed that he often especially in a high profile technical conversation even if it's on a panel in front of a couple thousand people, when he's asked a question, he doesn't always respond immediately. And it's also, it's it might often be five seconds. awkward. Yeah. But you can tell he's like, mm, let me think about this and answer. Yeah. And so relating that to sales, one of the common pressures every sales guy has, I think, is you want to have all the answers. Um, but sometimes you don't. But because of that pressure, you want to answer questions quickly. Or you want to, maybe if the customer says something and you think they're wrong or you have a different opinion, I think meditating has changed how I navigate some of those conversations where if somebody says something I don't agree with, instead of immediately wanting to 
persuade them to think differently, I might just stop and ask a simple question like, why do you think that? To just get more of their perspective because yeah. maybe maybe they could have rephrased it or maybe maybe how I interpret it will change the more they talk about it. Yeah. So I become more That's educated. Really yeah, I become more educated on the topic and it gives me more time and more details to help them. At the end of the day, we're sitting there talking to each other. Yeah. I'm the sales guy, they're the consumer. I'm there to just help them. So it's my job to maybe not be talking the entire time but ask the right questions to make sure I have the information I need. That's to actually help them the best I can. That's fascinating. That's really interesting coming from a sales perspective cuz I'm in, I'm in business development which at which at current company Readapt is managing strategic partnerships. Um, so I don't come at it from like a sales perspective per se, but, um, yeah, that's really interesting hearing you say that. And it all well, goes back it, to just slowing down. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not responding with an answer. You're responding with a question that you might have yeah. not have asked before. Like that's really interesting because, um, because you miss an op- if you're going too fast, maybe you miss opportunities. Yeah. If someone, you know, is is opening up to you and your first thought is to maybe be combative if you don't agree, you're missing a huge opportunity there to to learn more about that person. Yeah. Or their situation. And years ago I may I may not have done that. But I do think that's a huge part of meditation for sure it it slows you down in so many different ways and that's that's an example i can't even name a name but that's a really good concrete example no that's good um i think just awareness of just kind of everything that's going on like not just the conversation but the environment as well it's like maybe the environment is is making someone react in a different way or making you react in a different way and being able to recognize that environment and how you feel in reaction to that environment, whether it's a stressful one, not a stressful one, calm one, blah, 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 but how you perceive the environment and being able to recognize, hey, this might be an environment where I'm not my best at. And then mm-hmm. that way you can be like, okay, this isn't my best environment, so I got to focus even more than I normally would. Um, it's, it's, it might not be like in the moment things, but it's, it's more of that going back to meditation where you're feeling your body, you're feeling the sounds, like you're, you're hearing the sounds, whatever, whatever, like you're being aware of the whole situation, the whole, everything around you. Like, I think it just, it really has made a huge difference in my life. And I, and it's just little baby steps like every day. Yeah. Here's another example to that point. I was tweeting about this the other day. Hit me up on the Twitter, EA247. Let me get to that 271st follower. Where are you at, though? Um, we've got Diesel Dorns. We've got Diesel, at. We've got Diesel Dorns on the Twitter over here. I think he should change his handle to Dropset Diesel because that's the gym flow these days. But anyway. Um, yeah, where were you this morning and yesterday and the day before? Anyways, not trying to take you off track. Mariners game last night. Um, But I did play five hours of volleyball, so I wonder who burned more calories between us and who was more sore when they woke up this morning. Anyway, (laughs) 
Um, that's a good segue. Awareness and it's taking a step back and looking at an environment and a situation. I'm at the volleyball court the other day, playing with a lot of the regulars that play with that I play with at the Juanita Crew. Shout out to the gang because I know you're listening and supporting. Um, make those handsets clean. Um, I find myself in a game with three players that are a hundred times better than me. They've been playing volleyball for ten years plus, um, and it would have been, I think, easy and almost second nature to be like, "Well, I shouldn't even play in this game because, like, I have nothing to add. I'm just gonna get the ball smashed into my face." But then you step back and you're like, well, wait, if you want to get better at something, yeah, you've got to learn from people that are better than you, that have more experience, you know? And you're not going to learn. You don't learn by beating people who are worse at you in something. Like, yeah. You're just like, that's just like ego. You can work on things. I do think if it's, you do, it's beneficial to yeah. play anybody, no, whatever yeah. you're trying to do, because... It's like what Kevin says, take every meeting. Take every meeting. Shout out, K. Myers. Um... But, yeah, I think you can – because you could be playing people that are worse than you or maybe not good at all, nowhere near your competitive level, and you can take that as an opportunity to work on things. But you have to not... take on it. You have to take that, that specific strategy of, like, I'm going to work on, I don't know. Whatever. whatever. Passing. Yeah. My passing, passing needs to get better. Let me communicate with my partner. Let's work yeah. on something rather than, oh, I'm going to crush these losers. And look yeah, really it's like, cool. I'm just going to, yeah, 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 totally. Anyway, I walked away from that game with those guys. I did lose the game with with my partner, but I learned a few things that I just noticed from from watching my opponent that I'm applying, I'm applying now. And that goes back to slowing down, being aware of your environment. This is an opportunity, even though I'm going to maybe lose this game. Or in other situations, maybe this environment sucks. It's not one I'm comfortable in or one mm-hmm. I excel in or whatever. But taking Just a step back out. and going, regardless, what can I gain from this? Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. I think everybody should meditate. Yeah. By the way, I looked it up. Uh, the The voice from Headspace, his name is, I, I might butcher this pronunciation, Andy... Pootycomb. <laughs> That's a great fucking last name. Pootycomb? How the fuck do you spell that? P U D D I C O M B E. Pooty. And here's what's Pudicomb. great. Not only is he the voice of the application, he is the founder and CEO. What a fucking boss. Yeah. I'm trying to fucking meet him. He's a former Buddhist monk with a degree in circus arts. I'm speechless. Pootie cum. Are you Pootie cum, a motherfucking Buddhist monk? You kidding? Is he, is he Australian? This is the tequila, tequila soda drink. Mixing around right now. Bristol, UK. UK, yeah. Oh, he's got some TED Talks. We should listen to those. Bet. Um, yeah, I think, I think meditation has been, that was one of my goals. Everyone should make goals, but, uh, one of my goals of 
2017 was to meditate every day. And even if I don't meditate every day, at least try and just notice that I wanted to meditate and for whatever reason, I didn't make the time for it. Um, so going back to awareness, just being aware of that situation. Um, uh, like when I caught you trying to do a low key, quick meditation set on the golf course in Palm Springs. Yeah, exactly. I looked over after you had a bad shot. Terrible shot. Diesel's over there taking deep breaths and I'm going, are you meditating right now? <laughs> just, in the yep. Zone. Got a motherfucking bounce back. Oh, that was the anthem of that trip. Bounce back. Shout out to Big Sean. I think for people have, that have never meditated or maybe think it's weird, it definitely has a religious sort of connotation. People are like, meditate? You meditate? Like, are you, is it, like, have some thing? Think, when was the last time you stopped and just thought about where you're at in your life, how you got there, how happy you are, your relationships, things that are going great, things that you want to improve. Like, when was the last time you did that? Most people just don't ever do that. Most. A lot of, a lot of people do. We know a lot of, like, cool people that, like, do that. But, like, most people just never do that. How are you going to improve totally your enough. life unless you, unless you stop and pull out the drawing board and go, what are, what's going on here? You know, I think meditating leads to that a little bit. Cause you're sitting, you're opening, the, when you open the app and you go, I'm going to meditate, you're taking a step in the right direction yeah. towards, it might not be financial. It might not be relationship. It might not be, um, just personal. Like it's, you're, it's, it's, it's a very selfish thing to do. In an unselfish manner. You are taking time for yourself to benefit yourself, but it is going to have profound impacts on everyone around you. Like, it is, like, that's just what it is to me. It's like, when I meditate, every single time I think about, I think about, like, while I'm meditating, I'm like, how can I, how is this improving my life? And how is it improving the people around me? And I, every single time I come back to you, it's giving me greater focus, it's giving me greater calmness, it's giving me greater clarity of thought, um, and it's impacting the people around me, the, the people that I really love and cherish in my life by not responding as fast to arguments with them. Just being a better person overall is what I think it honestly like really comes back down to is that it gives you that space to really just not react in, in mean manners that like when you, when you, you know, I mean like everyone's gone done this. They, they've said something stupid and you're like, fuck, fuck. I wish I didn't say that. Yeah. But like, I've noticed myself saying those types of stupid comments haven't been flying out of my mouth. It's like as how, much. how often are you going to think of the best thing to say instantly? Yeah. yeah. Not mean, too often. I'm not the smartest person in the world, and so I know for me, I need as much time as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that quote the other day. I forget who it was. Oh, I think it was from Michael Dell. This is a total sidebar, but he's talking about, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Always, if you are, 
try to invite someone smarter than you to the meeting. And I wanted to respond to his tweet like, ah, never a problem that I yeah, have. Yeah, never had that issue. Never <laughs> had that issue. Shout out Michael Doe, by the way. Yeah, hey, Doe. dude, I think the shout outs are going to be huge. Yeah. Like, you know, people are going to just be dying when they're like... Yeah, like, you got to be, like, begging, like, I hope, like, people got to be begging for a shout-out now, right? <laughs> Which means you'll never get a shout-out. Yeah, you can never... If you ask for a shout-out, you ain't getting no shout-outs, yeah. motherfuckers. Actually, you might get exposed. Yeah. You might have to make a list of... We'll be like, you're asking for shout-outs, you ain't getting no, no shit from us. You're on the blacklist. Yeah. As soon as you ask, you ain't getting nothing. Oh, man. That's, that's awesome. That's funny. S slash O shout out. We should just have a shout out segment, you know? Like, we should like, like, sure. like a shout out, I'm gonna buy you a drink, I'm gonna pour one out for you, like blah, 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 blah. Like, just, just in general. Like, why don't we do it right now? I mean, first off, big shout out to Oliver McIntosh, one of my best friends in seventh grade. Uh, Wait, did you tell me a story about him earlier? Uh, you did. Don't think so you did but he just got a great job offer amazon yeah got a, got, a, got a great job offer on amazon really happy for him um advancing his career in public relations he's a boss at it he's been at porter novelli for a for a while now i think four or five years and he's just been crushing it there what's the title at amazon i don't he, he didn't he didn't tell me exactly okay. but probably some senior public relations manager of some sort but um yeah he's been crushing it so that's, that's my shout out for today Mm. Here's you, Oliver. Oh, should this this be a thing where we each do one shout out per like an extended shout out? I think it could be anyone. It could be personal life. It could be celebrity. It could be no. I mean, like per for the podcast. Like, yeah, we could no. do Just like each of us at like maybe at the That's end. That's what I'm saying. We each do one to whoever. Yeah. Or whatever. You could be like. Kendrick Lamar, you just dropped a dope-ass motherfucking album. Shout out to K-Dot. Shout out to Kendrick Lamar. You're inspiring me. That album went platinum in under three weeks. Nowadays, that's crazy. Yes. That's crazy. And I like to think that I contributed to that a lot. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, Who should my shout-out be? Shout out to my mom right now. Fuck, I was literally about to say I should have shouted out to my mom. Because it's Mother's Day, and all of our listeners should know that both of our mom's name uh, is Donna. 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 Shout out to the Donnas. Donna, Donna, double D. Big (laughs) double D's. Big D's in the house. Um, But speaking of like goals and like stuff... um, my mom and I have talked about like traveling for a long time, doing stuff. She's thought about retiring from Boeing for quite a while. She just got her uh, twenty-year pin from Boeing Damn, like two, son. two years ago. Damn. Yeah, twenty years, and they give her a pin to put on her sweater. Yes. Like she wants to wear a pin. Yeah. Um, put on her lapel. Shout out to uh, Jim McInerney. Um, Who are they? He is the CEO of Boeing. I think, oh, I think you, I, I thought think you said I thought you said Jim Mac and Ernie. Jim Mac and Ernie, yeah, that would be good. Like uh, anyway, three people lined up. So we wanted to travel. My mom did. She has got a bad knee, and what's wrong with it? Thought about getting surgery, uh, arthritis, no cartilage, just gets really sore. Yeah. Um, Donna has real bad stuff in her neck. Okay, her neck, her neck is, is it some issues. And so she goes in, well, I, I said, 
um, to her. She's been putting off the surgery. I'm like, have you asked the doctor what what recover what's the recovery time going to be like? What's the experience? Have you even gone in there? She never did. So I said, you just you have to put a date on the calendar and just go have a consultation and ask. Yeah. How do I fix this knee? Mm-hmm. And I had to I had to I had to tie some sort of extra emotion to it that was, you know, that if you get this knee repaired then maybe you won't care about walking through the airports or walking around the streets of France someday or whatever. Yeah. And then she was like, okay, this is affecting other people in my life. If I was healthier, then I could travel with my son or whatever. She goes in, and she's she was quite overweight at the time, and the doctor said, yeah, you'll have a pretty standard recovery based on your health. You're, you're very healthy. Um, but the best thing you could do leading up to the surgery is lose some weight. And Interesting. she said, because the more weight on your knee, the more pressure. Mm, the stuff of, yeah. Yeah, right? Um, and so she set a goal. She never told me what the goal was, but to this day, she's lost 200 pounds. Holy in the last, shit! In the last, I want to say, two or three years. Shout out to Donna. Shout out to Donna. Uh, she did it using Nutrisystem. Shout out to those guys. No way affiliated, but maybe she or we should be. Let's get these sponsors like on the podcast for sure. Um, the key thing for her was portions. I think going back to something we were talking about earlier, things getting out of control and like, um, I can't link this too much to what Guy Ritchie was saying, but like, the way you're sold food in a restaurant, you just get way too much because if they were to, if they were to provide you with the proper amount of food, entrees would cost like four or five dollars. They wouldn't make any money. Yeah. In order to charge you twenty dollars for an entree, they give you a shitload of food, which seems cool, but it's way too much food to eat ever. Anyway, so yep. she got a Nutrisystem. She did hit her goal, and now she, ooh, now she's gone back to eating some of the things that she likes to eat, but just in proper. portion sizes and she's cut out some things she used to drink a lot of diet coke she stopped drinking that she drinks a ton of tea now Um, does she drink any soda at all she does from time to time just as like a a, a, she has she does do her pleasure a pleasure beverage like you're like it's kind of part of her cheat thing yeah exactly A, a, a cheat thing yeah 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 and so it seeing somebody do that and she is um almost She'll be 71 in uh, a month and a half, July 14th. And that's super inspiring to see somebody go, you know what? I'm going to set this goal and I'm going to just fucking do it. And from the day she started, she's never wavered. Like it was never even a thing. It was never like, I'm just not going to, like, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll hit it. Whatever. She just did it. She fucking rocked it. No one at Boeing mentioned anything about her weight loss until she had lost 60 pounds. 60 wow. pounds. I noticed it immediately. I was like, what yeah. are you doing? And she's like, oh, I lost like eight pounds. Yeah. You know, and you, I, I guess. You usually see it in their face immediately. Yeah. Um, and so that it, it kind of puts things into perspective. If you're trying to accomplish something, set a goal and go just fucking do it. You know. How old was she when she started? I mean, this was 
probably two years ago, so she was probably 68, 69. And she lost over 200 pounds mm-hmm. at 68 yeah. to 69. And so you're here. That's amazing. That is fucking amazing. Yeah. So we're here Dude, as. I'm fucking pumped up right now. I want to go fucking hit the gym right yeah. now. Jesus, that's crazy. That's awesome. So put things into perspective. If you're out, like, we're sitting here trying to do things, it's like, uh, people are, we're so quick to, you know, something we're really fucking good at is. We're talking about society in general. Yeah, but I can speak for myself, but I think everyone is good at this. In two words, it's making excuses, but to extrapolate a little bit, we're really good at selling ourselves on why we can't do something or why we won't or why we shouldn't or why we'll fail. Like we're, we are the best salespeople to ourselves. And ah, I, think, I probably won't do it. Ah, I, and I think, I think that goes, I think that goes hand in hand with being afraid to fail of being afraid to start. And this is really something I wanted to talk about, by the way, shout out to Donna still. Cause she's she's an incredible one. I gotta meet her. We should have a you know what? Have the we should have a podcast. fucking like mom, mother, daughter. Sorry, <laughs> uh, shout out to Lindsay. She's my sister. Uh, she's Donna's. She's Donna's Donna's daughter. Uh, my sister. Um, we should have a mother son episode. Absolutely, that would be amazing. That, dude, do you know the fucking insight we would get? Dude, that'd be mind blowing. Dude, yeah. it'd be mind blowing. Mom's like. They're the best. They're the best. We're, I mean, we're both mama's boys, I think. But like, I'm totally a mama's boy. Totally, but I, they're I the own best. That shit. I go up there. I go to have dinner with my mom a couple times a month, and like, I typically always have something I want to ask her or something I want to talk about, and I'm always amazed by what she has to say. Yeah, I never walk away like, yeah, oh, that was boring. That was worth. That was it's worthless. Always like, and just think. I'm 30, you're 28. Yeah. They've been on this planet more than twice the time twice, we have. Yeah. Um, so just that wisdom and the knowledge is just like so insane. Yeah. It totally is insane. Fuck, what was, I gonna, what was the thing I wanted to say? Sorry, I interrupted oh, yeah. you. The thing I wanted to say that I really want, this is our first podcast, is that getting started I think for any entrepreneur, anyone getting started with health and wellness, weight loss, investing, anything in life, I think the hardest thing is getting started. Everett and I, so I, so just kind of going way back into the, I never made any goals for myself ever um, until 2016, I'd, I'd never really set a goal for myself. Like, Hey, this is like a new year's resolution I want to do. And in 2016, what I, I didn't really know anything about the stock market. I didn't know anything about personal finance. I didn't know anything about saving besides myself being a cheap ass and learning that from my dad. Um, uh, and one of the goals I set for myself that year was I'm going to learn how to invest I'm going to learn what a 401k is. I'm going to learn what an IRA is. I'm going to learn like all this kind of, all this shit. Like that's like, that's just my goal. And I was going to set my goals like, take it as you will, but like I'm going to save $10,000 and that's going to, I'm going to put that into my retirement account. Like that is my goal for 2016. And I like, it was, I didn't start, I did not start that process until March, 
about March 3rd was the day I actually started taking funds and investing them and putting it into a 401k and not, sorry, not a 401k, but putting it into an IRA, um, individual retirement fund, um, and which, which I really want to talk about on future episodes of this podcast, but it was scary starting. Like it was really scary starting. Cause I was like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Like, I don't know anything. Like I, it was just really scary. And then going back to the podcast, like Everett and I have, so about, what would you say? Like January, November, I don't know. Like when, when did we start talking about like, we want to fucking do something. Like, I guess, you know when it was, it was when when we started sitting next to each other. Yeah. Whatever that was, it was late summer, I think. I was talking about this with my mom. Shout out to Donna, of course. Donna. Uh, And I was like, I missed, as much as I did, I missed work at Redapt. We both work at Redapt. That's how we, that's how we met each other. Um, I used to work in this office where it was just me and Jamie, my first boss, and then Nick Sutherland. Shout out. Um, shout out, shout out, shout out. Um, supervisor. I like to call my. I like to call Nick my supervisor because he's a fucking wealth of knowledge. Um, and, but I, I didn't get exposed to like anyone at Redapt unless I went out of my way to do that. Um, so, anyways, we ended up sitting next to each other. We started talking about just like what we want to do with our lives, and from a money, business, blah 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 standpoint. And so we started talking about like, let's like, like we want to like do, we want to like start our own thing. Like end goal for us, I think is we want to start our our own business in some way, shape or form that enables us to live the life that we want to live. And we started talking about like, we both got really into the podcast game. Like, I don't know, like what ended last year. And we both were just started talking about like, let's like, like we have really kind of like good chemistry. Like, like we just kind of like go back and forth and we like bounce ideas off each other. And like, um, it's just a lot of fun. Like I fucking love talking with you, dude. Like, Oh, shout out. Shout out to my man, my man, Everett. Ah, fucking lit. Dude, hold on. Here. Can you hear this? Cheers. 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 Boom, boom. I fucking love talking with you. Like you're one of my favorite people to talk to. And we start talking about this podcast after we've been listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast. Shout out, Joe Rogan podcast. Shout out, Farnoosh podcast. I don't know if everyone does listens to that, but shout out the marketing guy, um, Neil Patel. Shout out, um, shout out to Alec Baldwin. Here's the thing: I've listened to that podcast with Jerry Seinfeld like seven times. Shout out, <laughs> shout outs all around. Um, and we start talking about let's. Why the fuck don't we start a podcast? And, yeah. and, and, and we talked about it for like, what, two, three months. And we, we just kind of like, we're like, uh, well, like, it's like a good idea, but like, who knows if we'll actually do it, you know? Like, it was like a real thought in like both of our minds. Like I for sure want to do, as soon as you, I think you, you were the one who, who came up with the idea and I was like, fuck, that's a great idea. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> but like, but like going and starting is like the hardest part. Um, which makes me backtrack to where we are now is like, it was hard. Like we, we, we did a lot of research. We did a lot of, it's scary to start something like it's weird. We're sending this out to people, like, you know, we're talking about it. It's fucking, it's, 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 we're very vulnerable right now. You know, it's like, 
but I love it. Like I'm fucking yeah. having a blast right now. Dude. <laughs> I seriously am. Yeah. So like whatever you're doing in your life, like not to be too corny, but like whatever you're doing in your life, I think like you just got to start it and, and you'll figure it out later. Um, you'll never finish something without starting. It's as simple as that. Yeah. No matter what you're trying to do, whether it's a fitness goal or a financial goal, you have to start. And I think when the light bulb really came on for us is when we were sitting there one day and we're, I don't even, this was before the podcast idea actually. Um, but it was like, Hey, we need to, let's, we need to have some side hustles. Like I just want to have that's, some side that's hustle. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And we said, we're, we're talking about it. We go to the gym and we talk about it. Uh, we were Palm always Springs, We talk about it. it. We're in the office. We both have headphones on, so we're like tapping each other like, dude, 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 I gotta... There's so many times where I turn and I'm talking and he can't hear anything because he's listening to something at his desk for like 11 seconds. <laughs> totally. And one day, we were like, we have to put a date on the calendar. Yeah. If once Motherfucking you... Cape Canaveral, motherfuckers! Launch season! Launch season! Once you do that, you're committed and it helps to have somebody else involved to keep you somewhat accountable... But we we put that that uh, placeholder on the calendar with a couple reminders, like with the months leading up to it. By the way, we're ahead of schedule because it was the first day of summer. Yeah, uh, and June twentieth. June twentieth. Shout out it's to the a, summer. It's a May nineteenth right now. We got we got a month. Yeah, but I think what's super exciting about this is that to anybody I know, a lot of people like Esther is someone who's like reading these books because she's just like I just. And she's way ahead of us because she's like 21, 22. Holy shit, you never told me that. Yeah. And Good she, for her. Good and for she's her. like, awesome. I know that I just want to do something and I'm just trying to consume as much knowledge as possible. And we talk about this stuff. And um, I think you just have to start putting it out there. You have to start talking about it. And I remember at Margarita Madness, I think, was the first time we were together. I don't remember, half, I don't remember half of that. Yeah. Or maybe the first time where we said something to one of our friends about, like, we're doing this. And for the most part, actually, 99% of the feedback has been people are ecstatic. Really and positive. Like, want to hear. And some people, you know, have, have, other, have other thoughts. But um, this is us just throwing it out there and starting. Yeah. Dude, that's great. And it's going to turn into something and it's going to get a lot better. Yeah. Some people are going to like it. Some people... I think we've talked about a few things in this already. That we're going to dive way deeper on. We're going to dive deeper, but if people are going to listen to this and get something out of it. that's I think that 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 segues really well into a point that I want to focus on is... We do really want to bring value to anyone who listens. Anyone who listens, we want to... You, I want you to take away some part of it, whether it's inspirational, whether it's a tactic in how to do a workout and how to go about listening and how to just approach life in general or relationships. I want you to be able to take away anything. And if anything, I just want you to be like, you guys are fucking idiots, but I enjoy listening to you dumbasses talk. <laughs> yeah. I guess even if it's a laugh, that is yeah, something. Like that's but a, yeah. We both, we both definitely confirmed at one point that the only reason we do listen to podcasts 
or, or continue to listen once you press play on an hour-long podcast is because you're confident that you're going to walk away with something that, for some reason, is going to make your life better. Exactly. And that could be an exactly. insight about the way, how you think or how you work out or how you, your outlook on life or your relationships or maybe you just get a laugh, whatever it is. I think we're going to provide that in, yeah. in every episode. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think a big key is going to be um, really on what we read and what we listen to. And just because not everyone can like listen. Oh, Richard Jefferson with the Sand dunk. Sand volleyball hop. Richard Jefferson with the dunk. It might be in garbage time, but still. Um, the score is 127 to 80 right now with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Shout out LeBron. Shout out to no one in this game. Um, yeah, I think that's that's really what I want to do. Is I just I get so I get so fucking excited when I tell you about meditation. Like you guys probably heard this earlier, but like I honestly get excited. Like I told I was telling Mark Williams about it when we were at Dell, uh, Doctor uh, Con, and I was getting so excited. I was like, I I could talk about this for hours because I'm like, it is just. And I don't, I don't talk about things like that that aren't making a profound impact on my life. And I'm a normal guy. Total, I'm a totally normal guy. Like, ever since a normal guy. Like, and that's what we really want to bring value to you is, like, we're normal guys. We like to have fun. But we also like to be serious about business and life and our relationships. And we, want, we think that we can relate to a lot of you people. Shout out to our relative podcast. Shout out. Um, and so, yeah, like we'd love to hear feedback from, from anyone out there listening um, on what they find relative to themselves in their life right now. Um, any topic, it literally could be anything that's relative to, to you guys right now. Um, and we would find that fascinating, really interesting um, we'd love to hear your guys' questions, what you guys' thoughts that we have, um, and what you guys are just thinking about overall. Like, I, I mean, that's that stuff's fascinating to me. What I'm super pumped up about is there's going to be a handful of people that maybe leave a comment or we see in the office or we see at the gym or on the golf course that say there was one thing that I – I wrote down from that podcast or that I'm applying to my life or that you guys talked about something that led me to dive deeper and go look that up and read about it. And now it's changing, improving my life or somebody saying, coming back to us and saying, you should do an entire hour on something that you guys talked about for 30 seconds. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah, I'm super pumped. So we're based out of the, I think we're going to wrap this up right now. Um, we're based out of the Seattle area. Um, we do want to have some guests on here. We got, we got, a, we, we, we've kind of been generating a, a decent sized list, I'd say probably like 20 to 30 guests that we want to bring on. Um, but if you guys have anyone and we'd love to do it face to face, um, to start out with, but if you guys have any guests that you think are, kind of come from our same background, not, not ours, but like you guys too, the, the listeners that you guys think would ha- provide a lot of value to, to everyone else 
in your guys' lives. I think um, we'd love to talk with them, hear what they have to say. Because um, obviously, if you think they, they have value, then they're bringing you value. So we'd love to talk with them as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is a good time to to, to kind of wrap it up. Um, dude, this has been a fucking blast. It's been I've a had blast. a lot of fun. Write it down on the gravestone, Friday, May 19th. Episode one of the Relative Podcast launch season. We are way ahead of schedule. I hope you're all with us. Houston. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and giving us your time. Time is the most valuable thing that anyone can give you. So we're truly thankful that you took some time to listen to us ramble on for how long? Wait up. It's, wait up. Wait it's, up. It's been a while. Anyway. Thank you. Signing an hour, off. An hour and 33 minutes and 49 seconds. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Relative podcast shout outs coming up at next episode. Peace, guys. Peace out.